Hi, I'm Melody. And I'm Candy. And you're listening to Quirks, Bumps, and Bruises. We got a special guest, Candy. Very special to me. Your son-in-law and your pastor. Mm-hmm. In and that he order. used to be my boss, too. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. So we've dropped that one because you retired. Yep. Now he can't tell me what to do anymore. Still He's still your pastor. <laughs> I feel like he can still tell you. It is Ben Webb, my daughter's husband. Benson's dad. Benson's dad. That's what you are forever. That's more. all I'm known as now is Benson's dad. Oh, but, yeah. how, I go. but how good is that, right? I love it. I love it. He's so cute. The cutest thing ever just i could eat him up but we have invited pastor ben to come in with us this morning because we want to talk about something that some churches do for their pastors but i think probably more do not and that is give their pastor a sabbatical so first of all ben i'll ask this question what would you define the word sabbatical as a period of rest now if i get a little more technical the word sabbatical has roots in hebrew greek and Latin. But in the Old Testament, every seven years, the nation of Israel were commanded by God. I think it's Leviticus 25. They were commanded by God on the seventh year. They were not to plant a crop. Instead, they were to let the land rest and just eat the food that he provided from last year. So a sabbatical was a period of rest. I grew up in a church. Uh, my pastor did not take a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And I think I I understand it now and I see the importance of it. And But I, I do hear so many people say, well, the pastor's off on Monday or, well, they're going on a vacation with their family in a couple weeks, you know, and that's not necessarily time away to rest. Well, let me say this. You said your pastor did not take a sabbatical or was it that your church would not give your pastor a sabbatical? That's, that's Is that it. more more? like it. So I want to talk to, because our church back this past October allowed Ben to be out for six weeks on sabbatical. And Ben was very honest with our church about during that time, what you were going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it was rest. It was not going to be anything to do with church, although you did attend different churches on Sunday. So there's so many things that we could delve into here. I guess maybe the first one being as a pastor, what is the importance of giving a pastor a sabbatical? Well, I think not that pastors are better than anyone else. All God's people have their place in the kingdom. But the pastoral role is different than any other job in that you are never off. So Monday is my day off, technically. But there's never a Monday that I don't get calls from people in the church. And on Sunday, when I finish preaching on Sunday, and not all pastors are like me, I can only speak for myself, but when I finish preaching on Sunday, as soon as I say amen on Sunday, I'm preparing for next Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm automatically thinking about next Sunday's text. On Monday, even if I'm off, at some point on Monday, I'm going to sit down and read the text I'm going to be in next Sunday and kind of sketch a little outline. Uh, there's never a moment if a pastor is, is really involved as he should be, there's never a moment when the church is not on your mind, mm-hmm. when you're not thinking about the next sermon. And so for a pastor, in one sense, there really is never a moment off. I dream about the church <laughs> at night. I dream about the things that need to be done. I mm-hmm. dream, you know, so I think that is one unique thing in the pastoral role in ministry in general. You don't get off at five o'clock and just go home. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a 24 for seven responsibility. And quite frankly, we probably weren't made. We definitely weren't made to carry that kind of weight all the time, Mm -hmm. year after year without a break. So I'm going to give a few statistics here, and you kind of um, you can kind of elaborate on this and see if you feel the same way. Forty-two percent of pastors are thinking of quitting the ministry. That's in the here and now. 
51% from mainline denominations. Almost half are under age 45. So that's that's young pastors that are already thinking of quitting the ministry. Now, I want to say something here that might not be popular, but there does need to be a differentiation, and we can't really do this necessarily, but there needs to be a differentiation between people who are vocationally involved in ministry and people who are called mm-hmm. to ministry. Mm-hmm. There are people who go into ministry because they think it'll be a good gig. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't have to work much. You'll get paid well. Well, they get into it and find out you have to deal with people and, and you don't <laughs> actually get paid that well and yeah. you actually have to mm-hmm. work a lot. So some of that naturally weeds out people who are not actually called. So I'm not so concerned when somebody who comes into the ministry who just thought it would be a good gig or, or their their parents push them into it. I'm not so concerned when they walk away. I am concerned, though, when people who know they have a calling of God on their life get so discouraged or so burnt out that they just feel like they can't take another step and they're just going to have to walk away from the ministry altogether. So I do think that needs to be differentiated. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying there. 90% of pastors report working between 55 to 75 hours a week, and that was pre-COVID. Yeah, and that's normal. That's <laughs> that was normal. pre-COVID. You know, I will say there's some weeks I might occasionally, there might be a week that I only work 30 hours, but that is so rare because the five weeks leading up to it, I worked 70. Yeah. You know. That is one unique thing in the pastoral role is the ebb and flow of ministry. You know, if you're going to have one funeral, you're going to have three. Yeah. It's almost always that way. So I would say for a, for a normal pastor that's doing his job, 50 to 60 hours is the average that he's working in a week. For me, it takes me around 15 to 20 hours to prepare a sermon. Mm. And then there's the visits and the meetings and the, those sorts of things on top of that. So and just the emotional baggage. I oh, think yeah. that, you know, preachers know all the secrets and, exactly. you know, the people have confided and I think just carrying that alone can wear you down. Well, Paul talked about the carrying the care of all the churches mm-hmm. and he was talking about multiple churches. Just the care of one church that I'm giving to Shepherd can really at times weigh you down. So there, there needs to be times where you're given a break from that mm-hmm. just a mental break to step back and step away from it. of churches have no plan to ever give their pastor a sabbatical. 71% of churches. I think people may be unfamiliar with it. Or um, I could see if I thought about my pastor going on one, like, well, who who will fill in for him? Mm -hmm. What will happen to the church while he's gone? And I think uh, that may be why people don't offer that as freely. I will say one thing historically. So let's back up where sabbaticals come from. Sabbaticals are not some new invention that somebody came up with to get a vacation. Historically, sabbaticals have been practiced not just by pastors, but by professionals. We're in this environment now where everybody has to work the 40, 60 hour work week. That's something that we've kind of created over time. So productivity is a big expectation and people can't even imagine giving someone, you know, a month or or two months or a summer mm-hmm. off. But the historical sabbatical was actually a year granted to someone for every seven years of work or ministry. Yeah. So, And it was a paid leave time for them to go away. If it, if it was a professor, he would go away and maybe do a research project or refresh himself. If it was a pastor, it was time for him to go away and get filled. So when I came to Crestwood, the church was so generous to me. I never asked for a sabbatical. When I came to Crestwood, they told me when they called me as their pastor that they were going to give me a sabbatical in five years. And that was because the pastor before me really pushed for that for me to get that because he saw the necessity of it he saw the value of Mm -hmm. it so they told me that they would give me that in five years well when those five years came I had people in my extended family the church never had any problem with it but I had people in my extended family who were involved in ministry themselves that just could not believe that I was going to walk away 
from the church for six weeks. And, wow. and they asked me, you know, our church is in the SBC. So they asked, was well, that a Southern Baptist thing? Is that a, and I had to answer them, no, it's a historical thing. Yeah. Historically, churches, pastors have taken time away. Spurgeon used to have to take long periods away from the pulpit because his health was so bad. He would have to go to the French coast just to restore himself and revive himself to be able to go back and, and bear the weight of ministry again. <laughs> so sabbatical is not a new thing. It's actually historically a thing that people do. We have just, I think because of the our mentality about productivity, we've dismissed it over the last few years. And I would actually go so far as to say our dismissing these periods of rest, we think it's godly because, hey, I've heard pastors say, if I'm going to burn out, I'm going to burn out for God. Mm-hmm. My answer to them would be, brother, that's sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest is God's design. Nobody has to burn out. Mm-mm. Rest is God's design. On the seventh day, God rested. You know, you find this rhythm of rest all through scripture. And that doesn't mean we're under Sabbath law, obviously. But all through scripture, there is this rhythm of rest because our bodies and our souls need rest. And if we don't take it, it's like Jesus said to the disciples, you know, there was so much going on around them. They didn't even have time to eat. And Jesus called them to get away from that and have time Mm -hmm. to rest. So times of rest, periods of rest, whether it's a sabbatical or something shorter, is actually ordained by God for our bodies and our souls to be renewed and to be refreshed. So it's actually more of an ungodly thing not to take times of rest than it is to take times of rest. Like you said, Candy, first of all, I think churches don't think about it. And I do think another thing is, well, I work a hard job and I don't, you know, get extra time off because I have been on a church staff. I have been under a lot of pastors over the years of being on staff and I have seen the stress, the work, Mm -hmm. the extra, the vacations that you get called away from, the just constant, like it really is constant. Mm -hmm. I would have to say that being a pastor, it's not like a job where you can clock out at five o'clock, you go home, put your feet up, you know, watch some TV and eat dinner. It's always there. You're Mm -hmm. always thinking about other people. You know, you'll remember this. and I don't think I'm exaggerating. Wasn't it three Christmases in a row Mm -hmm. that I was called out on Christmas Day because of a sudden death or an emergency in the church? Now, I don't Mm -hmm. begrudge that at all. I would be there for those people in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm I'm, I'm just stressing. One might think, well, I work a, a hard job, but the responsibility is different. You're not walking with family after family mm-hmm. as they're burying a loved one, mm-hmm. as loved ones are dying on Christmas Day. You're not celebrating a marriage one day and then burying a parent the next day. Mm-hmm. That emotional toll is is unique in the strains it puts on your mind and, and, and the strains it will eventually put on your family. Can I just hear one of the things I think that are so valuable about sabbatical, we are all responsible for our individual choices. There's no doubt about that. But I believe that so many men who have moral failures could have been spared those moral failures had they had time to rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when we get spiritually and physically weak, I know I'm more prone to give in to temptation when I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And so when a man as a pastor is going, 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 and there's never time to rest, there's never time to replenish, he's going to be more prone to temptation. And I believe so many moral failures rise out of not having time to rest and mm-hmm. to walk with God personally mm-hmm. and be replenished. I really feel like a lot of pastors might still be in the ministry, might not have had moral failures if they had just been given a season to rest. Yeah. Wow. I agree yeah. with that. I know, and I know personally for you, in Ben's case, that sabbatical, God's timing, perfect. Mm-hmm.
Lindsay mm-hmm. and Ben had little baby Benson in April, and then you lost your dad on Father's Day mm-hmm. in June. And so that sabbatical in October could not come yeah. <laughs> I, I soon enough for you mm-hmm. because it, not only did he have a baby, not only did he lose his dad, but he was shepherding a church. Mm-hmm. So thinking through that, and, and possibly you're listening right now and thinking, well, we've never given our church a sabbatical. We've never, never thought. even thought about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We're telling you now mm-hmm. <laughs> that that may be something. Something that you do want to talk with your leadership about? Is this a possibility that we could do for our pastors? Good improvements, though, that are being made. 73% of churches now are treating their pastors better. Mm-hmm. That's a new statistic that's just out. And it's improved due to the clergy appreciation that we see going on now. That's part of it. Better education on the role of the pastor and then just denominational awareness to be better supporting pastors. So that's a little bit of a good news. Millennial pastors. That's you, right? I think so. <laughs> Born between 78 and 90. Okay. Is that you? are spending 20 or more hours uh, with their families each week. So younger millennial pastors are making a conscious effort to be at home more and spend more time with family. And and that is so important. So I realize that my first ministry is not Crestwood Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. My first ministry is Lindsay and Benson. Mm -hmm. And if I fail at that ministry, it does not matter if I, in the eyes of everyone else, succeed at Crestwood. If I fail at that ministry, I have failed at my chief ministry. Mm -hmm. Billy uh, Billy Sunday said, you know, Billy, uh, according to his own testimony, all of his children died, according to his word, as infidels. All of his children died unbelievers. Billy Sunday said if he could do it over, he would let the whole world go to hell and make sure his own children knew the Lord. Mm, wow. And so I think that's actually a good improvement. And two, uh, there's a young man that I'm discipling, and I'm trying to help him understand as he goes into pastoral ministry, part of his pastoral ministry is to take care of his family well and to model for the men in the church what it looks like to take care of his family. So so the family is the first ministry. And I, I, me and my wife try to be real careful about that. And I think at this point we've struck a good balance that my first priority is my family mm-hmm. over the church. And that doesn't mean the church is necessarily being gypped or not getting what it needs. Actually, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm modeling for the church what a healthy marriage and fatherhood is supposed to look mm-hmm. like. Well, and you know, I think that we have done an injustice the church with the belief through the years that the pastor has to do it all. Mm -hmm. The pastor has to do all the visiting. The pastor has to take care of this and that. And when in reality, there is a reason to have leadership as in deacons, as in elders to help the pastor take care of some of those things. Because truthfully, your number one job, as far as the church goes, is prayer and the word, prayer and being in the word. And we don't allow that a lot of times mm -hmm. in the church. Scripturally and Structurally, we have assigned the pastor to do every job. That's what he's paid for, right? That's our mentality. I don't get paid for that. He gets paid for that. But if we're letting the Bible actually be our ground, our basis, our guide, the pastor's role, you know, the whole reason deacons were even installed in the in the early church was to care for the physical needs of the people. The pastor's role, they said, you know, we shouldn't leave and wait tables. We should be giving ourselves to prayer and the word. So they first ordained deacons to take care of the physical needs of the people. We have kind of flipped that. And actually, in a lot of churches, is deacons function more as a government than they do as servants. Deacons are actually a part of the church to serve the church. Deacons 
are the church's chief servants. Mm-hmm. But what ends up happening is pastors do everything plus the word and prayer, and it actually it doesn't help the church. It hurts the church. Mm-hmm. The pastor's role is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So it's not my role actually to do the ministry. It's my role to enable the people to do the ministry. The ministry of the church primarily is carried out by the people, not mm-hmm. by the pastor. But we've so flipped that and so reversed that what happens is the pastor or the staff is so overweight and, and they've got so much to do and they're actually not doing anything well because they've got so much to do. They're not doing anything well. And then the church is just sitting there watching, observing, mm-hmm. not actually being involved. And that is actually contrary to scripture. Mm-hmm. So the idea that the church is going to fall apart if the pastor walks away, well, that tells me your church is not healthy. This is such a wonderful discussion to have, and I love that we're talking about it. We're inviting churches to think about it, to ask questions about it. And because it is such a big topic, we are going to continue part two of this podcast next week, and we will delve into a little bit more about how to prepare for your church to give your pastor a sabbatical. So that's part two of Quirks, Bumps, and Bruises next week with Pastor Benjamin Webb of Crestwood Baptist Church in Winston-Salem. Thanks for listening to the Quirks, Bumps, and Bruises podcast with Candy and Melody. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast. You can learn more at joyfm.org. Try Peas and Carrots podcast for more encouragement. Brian and Kayla share life from their piece of the vegetable patch. Expect a laugh, find common ground, and hear stories you can't wait to share. It's a podcast about doing life together, growing in Christ together, and learning to laugh no matter what comes your way. Search Peas and Carrots podcast wherever you listen to podcasts today. Get quick encouragement on the go with your encouraging five-minute podcast. It's a weekly dose of encouragement to start your week off right. Search your encouraging five-minute podcast today. Navigating life as a mom or a dad in a blended family can be a real challenge. But working together with God's help, there are strategies that work and ideas to cope. Blended is a podcast hosted by dad and pastor, Derek Withrow, designed as real help for the 40% of families with kids from a previous marriage. Make it your next download on Apple, Google, or wherever you listen.